The Long Box Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles The Devil's Do Years. I'm one of your commanders, Pat Sampson, codename DJ Christados. And joining me, as always, is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, codename Death Pro. At ease, DJ Christados, and all the green shirts tuning in for this podcast, I want to welcome you all to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the Devil's Due Run. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Christados and I are going to rotate in a special ops guest for the show. For this episode, our special ops guest is our friend from Aaron Moss's show, Kevin Reitzel. Codename Raider Nerd. Welcome to Fort Longbox, Kevin. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? I'm excited. Thank you for having me on, man. Hey, we're happy to, to have you here. So, G.I. Joe, Devil's Do. You fired up? I'm so fired up. To me, I consider this the Lost series, and I'll explain later. Or maybe oh. sooner. Who knows? Oh, I look forward to that. I, I want to hear your thoughts on it. I know that through this podcast that DJ Cristados and I have rediscovered our love for it. Mm-hmm. And while some Joe fans might poo-poo this series, we don't get it. We're loving every minute of it. We're like Loverboy. Loving every minute of it. All right. Well, now is the part of the show where we debrief our new recruit. So, Raider Nerd, what is your origin story with G.I. Joe? How did you discover G.I. Joe in general? And when you're wrapped up with that, I'm going to need to know your three favorite characters, be they Joes or Cobras. I'm trying to remember which came first, the comic or the TV series. And I think it was the comic. I remember seeing it at my local 7-Eleven here in my hometown of Santa Barbara on the comic Spindle Rack, issue number one. Good. Picked Good. it up. I wasn't really a huge comic guy. I remember picking up some Star Wars, but I really wasn't into superhero comics, but this caught my eye. I was really excited about it. And this was before I discovered like comic book shops, and there was really only one in town. I didn't know about it at the time. It wasn't until I was trying to find uh, issue number two. <laughs> and <laughs> And uh, it was never arrived uh, on uh, the spindle rack at 7-Eleven. It was very, uh, you know, sometimes they would skip an issue or something like that, you know, or, or maybe they just didn't get it or whatever. I don't know. But then I did discover there was a local uh, comic book shop called Andromeda's Bookshop. And that's where I went back and could get back issues and stuff like that. That, of course, then led into the TV series and, of course, the wonderful toys. One of my highlights was, uh, remember back in the old day, your old TV would only have 13 channels and there'd mm-hmm. be those two plugs on the back that you have to screw into the back of the TV. Uh, my dad wasn't very into technology and there was something wrong with the connection. I was able to fix it. And he was so happy that I was able to fix his cable television that uh, he <laughs> took me to KB Toys. He bought me a, a Mobat. And, uh, that, that was really, really cool. So and then I just, I stuck with it through the whole, uh, pretty much most of through the 80s. I kind of fell out of it right through the 90s while I got interested in other things like girls. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scarlet Baroness. I know what you're talking about. Uh, but then it was uh, till about 2001, I um, was living in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. I was working for a game company that made Star Wars, Star Trek, and Lord of the Rings trading card games. And there was a local oh, comic book shop that informed me that there was a new G.I. Joe comic series coming out. I'm also a member of the uh, G.I. Joe Finest Costume Group, where we all dress up in costume. Wonderful group to be part of. Huge G.I. Joe fan. And I am. Um, have all of the original Marvel series as well. So yeah, that's where my Joe fandom was. And I, I did want to let you know, I was teasing about how I consider the Devil Do years for me, the Lost series. There's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. I had all of my G.I. Joe comics and other comics in my dad's garage, which actually is where I'm recording from right now because we live together. He had a fire here about five years ago. And this is when I was living in Georgia. And I thought it all got burned away. I lost all my G.I. Joes. Um, while I came back, he had pulled a bunch of stuff that did survive. I did lose some G.I. Joe toys, burnt to a crisp. Luckily, and this is a very important thing that you should always do, is always put comic bags over your comics. Because if they do survive the fire, the soot damage will not hurt your comics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I found my original Marvel series, very happy about that. There were some other comic books and stuff that I kind of put aside. I didn't really realize what they were. I forgot that I had this entire Devil Do series in its entirety. Oh, I completely wow. forgot about it. And the reason for that is when I was working for that card game company in Norfolk, Virginia, I was traveling a lot like a traveling salesman. And I told my comic book guy, I said, hey, can you put these on? I may be gone for like three months. He's like, oh, that's fine. we got a lot of military. We hold comics for these guys. They come in months later and pick up all their comics. I never finished reading the series. Oh, my intention was to do it. For some reason, I have recently been inspired to do so. (laughs) I like we get some credit, DJ Cristado. So you guys have found my love. And what's funny, I remember talking to you, uh, Pat. I didn't realize I had my entire series hidden away still, but you had told me about a trade paperback that Mm -hmm. had several issues in it. And then I realized I had the entire set, including (laughs) that alternate cover with snake eyes on the first issue. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah, that's cool series. And I'm glad you get to rediscover it along with us, man. That's very cool. So now is the time. Three characters, be they Joe or Cobra. (laughs) You know, I noticed some people have been cheating on that recently. (laughs) Yeah, I noticed that too. Some people cheat, you know, on a daily basis. I'm just going to give you my top 10, which includes both Joe and Cobra quickly. Oh, oh, he's doing it. He's pulling a daily on us. Yeah, pulling a daily. He's going to stop at 10. All right, give us your 10. Shipwreck, Rakondo, Major Wait, is this Blood. bottom up or top down? Yeah. This is not in any particular order. Oh, oh okay. so the, when the wind blows, you could love anyone more than another. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Although I do favor Shipwreck a lot. So Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's hear it. Shipwreck, Rakondo, Major mm-hmm. Blood, Firefly, Chuckles, The Baroness, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, Torpedo, and Quinn. Ooh, I like that Quinn. Yeah, yes. that's a good one. Yeah. And by the way, Firefly is my favorite Cobra, Firefly's so I like good. he's on the list. I knew I'd get extra points if I threw him in. So what yes. does he do again? I forget. Uh, that's exactly what he wants you to do. <laughs> he was good enough know. ninja for me. That's why I like the way he looked. So Yeah, yeah he's got a great look. I like the Torpedo action figure because he kind of looked like a ninja, and I put him on missions with Snake Eyes. I thought Torpedo was cool in the cartoon series as well. Well, with that, I'm going to turn it over to DJ Cristados for this episode's Intelligence Report. All right. Well, thank you, Jared. Let's go ahead and get to this mission. For this mission, we'll be covering comic issue number six. Got a publisher from Image. Cover date was May 2002. Its on-sale date was May 1st, 2002. 
Editor was Scott Weirly. Writer is Josh Blaylock. Penciler, Steve Kurth. Inker, John Larder and Barbara Schultz and Corey Hampshire. Colorist was Hi-Fi Color Design slash Brian Miller. Letterer is Dreamer Designs. Cover art goes to the legendary Mike Zek. Yes. Yes. We got to meet, we got to meet him at HeroesCon. Yeah, we did meet him at HeroesCon. Yeah. So he was a pretty cool guy. Yard sale artist likes that guy. Yes. Yard sale <laughs> artist approved. <laughs> and speaking of the cover, Death Pro, please take us through the cover description. I got it. Right. Hard work, work, work. The image eye is red and the cover price is $2.95. The main action brings Joe cover god Mike Zek back on the scene. It's a very authoritative Cobra Commander in the foreground and Storm Shadow in mid-Ninja Leap right behind it. It's all hung together with a fiery background with a white stripe effect running down the middle. Zek is back. Ladies and gentlemen, Zek is back. So what do you guys think of the cover? We'll start with Kevin. If something ever said Cobra recruitment poster, this one does. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and also just tells you straight up one of your favorite villains or non-villains, depending on how you look at it in the history. Storm Shadow backing up Cobra Commander. And of course, one of my favorite images of Cobra Commander is the hooded version of Cobra Commander. This cover says it all. It's going to tell you what you're going to get in here and i love it jared your thoughts i don't know if i made it clear earlier but i'm very enthusiastic that mike zek is back mm -hmm. <laughs> so you you may like this one a little bit. i adore this to see zek back on the cover i've said on aaron moss's real american headcast before and i've said in various other places i think the sweet spot for me of the original joe run by marvel is if it's got a zek Beatty cover on it mm -hmm. it's going to be one of my favorites i just think that era is where it was hitting on all cylinders at the best and, you know, that's up for debate. I'm not, you know, if someone likes another era or run of it, that's perfectly fine. for you. But yep. that's how I hone in. And to see Zek back on a cover with Cobra Commander just looking like he's the boss and Storm Shadow leaping in behind him. I like how Storm Shadow not only looks great, but he's got that behind leap, which mm -hmm. could say one of two things. I'm backing up Cobra Commander or I'm sneaking up on Cobra Commander. <laughs> and that's Storm Shadow. You never can I'm impressed with the detail on the uniforms. If you look very closely, mm -hmm. especially on Storm Shadow's shins, it looks like he's got these little tiny like throwing knives inside sheaths. And you also see his shuriken oh, stars yeah. mm -hmm. on his, I guess, straps that are coming down. Cobra Commander's holstered weapon looks like it might be different than the uh, kind of 45 ACP that he has. Like maybe it's a revolver. Kind of makes me wonder. And uh, I just love the knee pads, too, that Storm Shadow has. So the big snake on. heads on them. <laughs> And, and they right. both got Brandy the shoulder pads. Yes, the shoulder pads. Yeah, you would think those knee pads are kind of, how would you walk around? Because they got to be like, come Maybe out. the fangs are sharp and they're deadly. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I like to think so. Pat, give me your final thoughts on this cover, my friend. Well, I, I think you both can set it all. You can't go wrong with a Mike Zek cover <laughs> at all, especially with Cobra Commander and Storm Shadow on it. If you look at the hilt on Storm Shadow's swords, I'm trying to figure out what's at the end of them. They almost kind of look like a dragon or something. It looks really cool. That's what I assumed, but I didn't mm -hmm. zoom in. Still waiting to get mine back. They're all being hardbound because I'm having them custom hardbound. You know why, Pat? Because oh, I'm so fancy. fancy. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, Pat. Yeah. Do you have anything else on the cover? No, it's it's very detailed, really awesome looking cover. So I think with that, as we're off gushed over this cover, let's go ahead and find out how we would rate this cover. And we are going to rate this on a scale of one to 10 flag points. One meaning you didn't like it at all. And 10 meaning it's perfect and you should make it a recruiting poster. Huh. Hey. Sounds funny. <laughs> That sounds familiar. Yes. So, Kevin, one to ten flag points. Because I said that it was a recruiting poster, I have to give <laughs> it a ten. I have to in. give it a, a ten, and it's probably so far out of the six issues. Looking at the past issues right now, I would probably say it is my favorite thus far. Present, huh? Ooh, beating up the J. Scott Campbell's mm, mm, good covers. Well, you know, it is a Zach cover, so. Yeah, I mean, really, if someone's going to be Campbell. <laughs> yes, Jared. Would you to like to guess, points. Pat, what, what score I'm going to give it? Yeah. If Joe November was here. What would Joe say? Joe would say, you know, Joe's kind of a halfsy kind of guy, so he'd probably give it a nine and a half. I'm going to bump it, it. I'm bumping it. You're going to bump it's it? It's Zach. Yeah. Storm Shadow, Cobra Commander. Look at that splash effect background. I can't get enough. It's a 10 all day long. Make a poster out of it. Hang it in my room. 10, 10, 10, 10. Present pumps. Cool. Pat, would you like to tell us about your 10? Yes. Yes, sure. <laughs> Let me tell you about my 10. And, you know, if J. Scott Campbell is mm, good, then Mike Zek is Zectacular. <laughs> It's I not a word, but it is now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering next time we see him, I'll see if he has. I don't know if he has this like in a print or whatever. That would be kind of cool to have. Hey, bring your issue and he'll sign it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like a big print of it. Oh, you want it like blowed up? Yeah. That would be dope. I think it would be really cool. Yeah. Definitely can't go wrong. Tens all around. Present huh? It's it's so good. It's such a good cover. Well, with the cover out of the way, let's go back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. On G.I. Joe Chronicles, we like to mix things up a bit. I'm going to have DJ Cristalis pull the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? We'll find out. Cristalis, pull that lever. Pulling. It's the Cobra side. Okay, here we go. Cobra's still in the capsule! They're getting away to water moccasin! And with him are the evil new Cobra's Firefly, Scrap Iron, and the Baroness. It's time for some good old revenge. But not against the Joes, that will come in time. But against Destro, who betrayed Cobra Commander and held him prisoner. But with the help of Commander Loyalists like Storm Shadow, Tomax, and Zaymont, Cobra Commander has once again brought together Major Blood, Dr. Mindbender, and Zartan in an effort to take down Destro once and for all. There are rumors that there is strife in Destro's ranks. It seems his son was acting as Destro during the betrayal and will also need to deal with the Baroness. But more good news is coming when it comes out that our old foes, the Joes, it seems that their funding has been cut. And they think they have the upper hand because their lady ninja Jinx has been spying on our dreadnoughts. But the joke's on Joe because we've made sure that Jinx only sees what we want her to see. So much to do, but first, a strike on Destro's castle. Okay. Now it's time for our highs and lows of the issue. In your first round, would you like to go with a high or a low Raider nerd? I'm going to go with a high. What I like about this issue is you get a little bit of everything. First of all, you get Cobra Commander back in action, taking control from what Destro or Destro's son uh, was trying to do and getting the whole gang back together, whether they wanted to or not. 
<laughs> and finding out uh, who's loyal and who's not and bringing back, of course, uh, an old ally, that being Storm Shadow. But I also like the fact that you get kind of a normal home life with the Joes. Mm-hmm. You get, uh, of course, Shipwreck and those guys, uh, you know, hanging out at Patterson Air Force Base. But then you get, you know, the scene where Scarlet and Snake Eyes are uh, visiting Scarlet's home in Georgia. And, and I like that idea a lot. And I, I thought it was a good balance of showing um, normal Joes doing normal stuff, but mm-hmm. then getting ready for uh, obviously what's going to happen soon. So <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I'm going to spin off of what you said. I got a kick out of the whole Snake Eyes and Scarlet visit. Scarlett's family and her brother like oh I didn't know he was he gonna was be going, here. Yeah. and then she's like yeah my brother doesn't like you much and I'm like and yeah and what the hell is he gonna do <laughs> yeah what is he gonna do to how many ass weapons are you gonna take I, I, <laughs> it's really up to you because snake eyes will beat your ass dude do they he's not a know? big guy no yeah. doubt he's a big imposing looking dude but I don't think snake eyes is afraid of him one bit <laughs> do they not know what they do for a living I, I don't know I don't know but I've rambled on Pat it's your time for a higher low sir Snake Eyes eats people like him for breakfast. <laughs> that's not even breakfast for Snake Eyes. That's yeah, like yeah. movie that's, that's popcorn. Not, yeah, that's not even a warm-up. That's a, <laughs> come on. You know, I'm going to piggyback off uh, again, Kevin, and off of you as far as that part with Snake Eyes and Scarlet. And you see a little bit also, too, with Stalker and the other shipwreck. And was it Gung Ho that was helping him out, too? I want to say yes to Gung Ho. On the moving? moving I've got our best that. research man double-checking it right checking now. It right now? Okay. So I like that. Not only do they give you some story going on as far as the revenge, but also you get that personal character building going on again. So you get yeah. to see the other side when they're not fighting. It is just... gung-ho, by the way. Yes, the research is in. It. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, it kind of feels like we all have similar high and low or highs in the first round. Love the behind the scenes with the Joes. Love the intrigue. What's going on, Cobra? Who can you trust? Who can you not trust? So I'll point my high just a little bit sharper and just say, I thought it was cool to get a little time with Tomax and Zaymont. Mm-hmm. They're, they're always a welcome addition to me. I always have a special place in my heart for them. Probably goes back to when I was a kid. The figures seem so cool and it took me forever to finally get Tomax and Zaymont. So they just, I don't know, seemed very cool to me. So I was glad to see them. And I really like the way the book kind of opened up from Cobra Commander's point of view and he's kind of hazy and they're yeah. helping him out. Really cool POV effects, but that'll be my round one high and let's get into round two. Back to you, Kevin. I do have a low. <gasps> it's a no. little bit of a nitpick, but it's not a big deal. But it's it's one of those things that I'm convinced a lot of these people are on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically Destro. I'm not a fan of the way that he's portrayed because it looks like he's wearing some inflatable muscle suit that someone inflated a little too much and it's <laughs> on the verge of exploding. <laughs> I mean, he's got like a 37 pack here. It's crazy. Um, and is his jewel that hanging around his chest getting bigger, including the chain? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the red jewel on the chest can never be too big. <laughs> well, you're all swole like that. You know, you can carry more jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just, it seems like everyone's just really, really buff, but it kind of reminds me of those versions of those Star Wars figures in the late 90s. <laughs> I know. Oh, Power of the Force all, ones. Yeah. yeah, the ones that all took steroids and stuff. That's my only nitpick. Other than that, uh, nothing else. It's fair. They, they are very, very muscle bound in, the, in this book. Certainly. Pat, you going to high or low this on round two? 
I'm going to give another high on this, and uh, you mentioned it as well, too, is the story going on here, the revenge story Mm. that's just starting. This story is called Reckonings, and this is part one of four, so this is just part one, so there's probably a lot more going on on this thing. Mm -hmm. Next three episodes. So I really like... Cobra Commander's way of kind of flushing that his team out again, making sure that they are loyal to him as well. And then you get to see Destro kind of putting his son straight. You know, you just mm-hmm. dissed me in front of my friends. So I'm interested to see how Cobra Commander and Destro are kind of going to, they got to mend the fence a little bit here. Yeah. I did want to give a high because I like it when you get different versions of of the iconic characters, but they still look cool. Like the way shipwreck does in this. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I also want to say, I like the subdued version of one of my favorite characters, major blood. He's not wearing his helmet and his armor and all that kind of stuff. You could tell it's him because he's got the goatee and of course the eye patch and Mm -hmm. the attitude to go with it. And I I like that version of him. I think it's cool. It's, you know, he's got kind of a, a, just like Brown jeans and like a cool black jacket on. And I like it when they do that. It's kind of his still colors really. Cause Mm -hmm. he was, brown and black but yeah. the theme yeah, yeah. Theme. the theme yeah. of it. he likes his colors <laughs> no. i'm gonna assume kevin that you have you read the last issue the one before this the one off with duke and major blood yes okay yes. so i want to ask you since you were not able to be on that episode blood is your favorite character mm-hmm. you want to drop 30 seconds worth of thought on last issue since he's your favorite <laughs> how, you, <laughs> how you felt about him in that issue and and the issue overall yeah i kind of wish i was on that one yeah I'm, I'm a huge fan of blood it started with the action figure i think and then of course that great story arc that we had from like issue 11 or 12 through issue 20 of the original Marvel series. He got really fleshed out on the type of person that he was Mm. and it was nice to see him back looking awesome. You know, I I could always use more poetry whether it's bad or good from him. (laughs) I did miss the poetry from his big spotlight last issue. You know, when I decided to do a costume for Major Blood for the G.I. Joe Finest Costume Group. I designed it after the action figure itself, not like the cartoon version or anything else that I saw. And you can choose that when you when you do that and you submit your costume for that. It's one of the costumes that I get a lot of praise for. A lot of people love the detail that was put into that. I love Major Blood. I just think he's a great villain. Even though he's a little more kind of uh, kid and corny friendly in the TV series, I still enjoyed him no matter what. Oh, that's great. I'll tell you what, you're not alone. I was doing a live stream recently on John Beatty's art channel on YouTube. And as you know, because you own one, I do the G.I. Joe characters on pages from military manuals. Yes. He has a Duke that he got from me in Atlanta at Dragon Con. I was on John's channel. I was like, okay, who should I do next? What character should I do next? And a resounding major blood was the answer. So you are not alone, sir. (laughs) But anyways, back to this issue. It's my final round for a high or low. I'm just going to go with another high. I'm going to kind of pull a pat and take two things here. I like seeing Billy again and Billy kind of joining the team, getting the approval of Flint. I think this is the introduction. Well, I know it is the introduction in this series, but I think it's the overall introduction of Neo Vipers. And I thought that was pretty cool, too. I mm-hmm. like the yeah, Neo those Vipers. Guys are cool. That's the end of our official highs and lows rounds. Does anyone have any more burning highs and lows than you get off their chest before we move on? I'm looking at you, Pat. When you mention Billy, I see, and he pulls out his arm with the tattoos. Like, I don't know why I'm going to pull the trigger to get that. That's oh, yeah, because you've been thinking about getting that yeah. tat for real. Yeah. I wouldn't do that big, though. I'd probably do a little small, you know. Now, if you go and you got to go all in, man. Go big yeah. or go home, man. You'd be a monkey, be a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. But I just go, want, you know. 
that'd be kind of cool to have that. Or if you guys could have a Joe tattoo, what would it be? Ooh, well, you know, out of the the that. tats that are there or, or you see available. The patch on my cap, it's actually a, a major blood insignia uh, oh, that was custom done. Cool. Yeah, it's got the Cobra insignia behind it, and then it's got the skull with the patch around it and stuff. I always like that. I said if I were That's to do, cool. if I were to do one, I'd probably do something like that, or I, I would pick something kind of obscure. Although I would love to maybe on my back one day get the original Marvel issue number 43 with the Grim Reaper and the M60. (laughs) That's a good one. What would it be, Jerry? I'd probably have to get a full, full blown on my back Baroness tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) Which one though? And like from a certain Uh, issue or no, no, in all seriousness, I would probably, (laughs) I'd probably go. I say a Rashikagi. What do you say, Kevin? How do you pronounce it? (laughs) Arashikagi, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah I, yeah, I would probably go with an Arashikagi tat. Or I gotta tell you, I'm I'm very partial to the Cobra symbol, and I like it. Yeah. I want to say it was on the Rattler where it had wings on it. Yes. Ooh. That is one. like the little detail that I love. Yeah. I think it was on some of their jets. Might have been the Fang Rattler, maybe both. Right. I don't remember. But yeah, like the Cobra Air Corps, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That would. Be Pat, cool. I think you're gonna go with a, a Cobra Law yeah. tattoo. You know? Mm-hmm. Or I would get a. Or maybe you can get one of all the elements from the mass device. That'd be really cool. <laughs> I, I see you're rocking the Joe Eagle and Star Patch on your jacket there on, yes. the, on your right shoulder. Yeah. And that's pretty dope. I like that symbol too. I'd be wondering if anybody listening, if you have a Joe tattoo, go ahead and uh, when this episode comes out, tweet us back, Facebook us back, whatever. Show us your tats. Show us your Joe tats. Yeah. And we're at Longbox Crusade. You'll see the episode. So yeah, uh, yeah we want to see Joe tats. Show us your tats. Show us your tats. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with all that chitter-chatter about the issue out of the way, I will hand it back to DJ Cristados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you that don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue's story on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. So, Kevin, we're going to start with you. 1 through 10 flag points. You know, I've mentioned that it gives an insight into the normal Joe life and also the normal Cobra life. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But what I like about it is it's setting stuff up. I like it when you get that episode of your TV series that not necessarily is all action packed, but all the people, all the players and the pawns of the chess game are slowly coming together and you're starting to get the big picture here, even to where the fact that the Joe's funding is going to be cut. I mean, it's just like you throw a little bit of realism in there because you know, you know that something like that could happen in real life. You know, I have to give this probably a good nine, I would say, just because of the imagery that you get, the introductions that you get and the setup that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Jared. I'm a hundred percent in agreement with Kevin. Solid nine. Only reason it didn't get 10 is there wasn't any amazing action, but when you get a solid nine with as little actions you, you got, that means good storytelling. I am anxious to read the next issue. Mm-hmm. I want to yeah. see what happens next. And that's yeah. what great comics do. Solid nine, really knocking on the door of a 10. And what do you think, Pat? I am going to also agree. And it's one of those issues again, where we're all agreeing on this. And obviously you can't go wrong with this series. Uh, and my reasoning is you're right. There wasn't a lot of action, but there was a lot of sneaky Cobra mm-hmm. just being evilly to what he did to everybody. So I, I consider that a little kind of 
action that I like to see. And then you got the sweet character spots to kind of offset the, the, you know, the, the evil, the, I guess, you know, he's a terrorist. So, you know, he was terrorizing people. Quick poll for, for other one. You will start with you, Pat. What's your favorite dangling thread right now? Are you more interested on the attack on Destro? How they're setting up Jinx? Or the cut funding concern? Uh, you know, I'm not too much on the cut funding because it's like, eh, I've kind of seen that before. Mm-hmm. You know, same old story. And you're, you're doing this already in issue six when you just got funded in issue one or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like the government was like, we need you. Here's a ton yeah. of money. We don't need you anymore. Take yeah, the money back. We're gone. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the help. We're done. You know, I'm kind of interested in what Destro is going to do to his kid. Oh, good. fair enough. Fair enough. You know, how that kind of plays out a little bit more. I'm very concerned about Jinx and what the hoodwinking going on, but uh, let's pass it to Kevin. What's your favorite dangling thread right now? What Billy's going to do. Yeah. I I love the fact that he wants in on this. He wants to stop his father. It's almost like Luke Skywalker knowing that he has to go you know, deal with Darth Vader. He's got to come to some type of conclusion here. I've always been a big fan of Billy being trained in the ways of the ninja, of course, mm-hmm. by uh, our ninjas here. And I, I, I want to see what he can do. And I always find him fascinating. Yeah. I think that's very cool. You know, the other thing I'm kind of interested in, and I'm just, I'm going to talk again because that's what I do, is Storm Shadow. What's his story? Yeah, because what's his motivation? Re- it's been such a long time since I've read the original Marvel series. So when Kevin talked about, you know, this is kind of a lost series or a, a lost thing, it kind of makes me feel that way a little bit too of, since we do have the other run that's currently running right now, and where when 55 left off, you have that kind of story go off in that way. You have this story going in another branch so this is kind of like the alternate universe and i don't remember where storm shadow was at the end of the marvel run was i don't either good side? was he on the bad side i don't either I yeah i don't remember people are probably yelling at you stupid you probably should know what's happening let there. us know at Longbox yeah. crusade because it's been such a long time since i've read it i'm wondering okay when did he go bad again and or is he playing a game is he playing a game i don't yeah. know yeah yeah who knows? Like I said, the cover, you can read the cover two different ways. Yep. Either I've got his back or I'm, I've got his back. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now it's time to award this episode Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for gallantry or sneakiness in the line of action. This is where we each get to award the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty. Or the call of craziness. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Dr. Mindbender. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey, why am I in this purple outfit? <laughs> His head looked weird, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll start with Kevin. One of my favorite set of figures was Tomax and Zaymont. And mm. I got to give it to them because this is a very Cobra-centric issue for obvious reasons. You got mm. them on the cover and you got them planning ahead. And I like the fact that they're showing what appears to be blind loyalty towards Cobra Commander. They might have an agenda, but for some reason, they are backing him in this venture. And I love the fact that they've always done that. They've always been there. I got to give it to them because they're the ones that help Cobra Commander. As agents of Cobra, they've always been probably next to Major Blood, my favorite. Sure. There's a lot to pick from. There's a lot Mm -hmm. going on in this issue. I will give my silver star to Billy. 
for knuckling down and wanting to be a part of the solution, unless he's got ulterior motives. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But it looks to me like he's very genuine about wanting to be on the team, selling his case to Flint, and it looks like he's going to be joining at PT at 0330. Hats off to Billy. I hope things go well for him. Because remember when we found him, he was just kind of like hanging out the bar. I'm not sure what to do with his life. Now he's got some direction. Pat, Silver Snake, Silver Star. I'm going to go with the Silver Snake, and it's going to be Cobra Commander because even, you know, all that he went through getting drugged out or whatever and coming back, he still got that crazy mindset. I'm going to get these guys who did this to me. I'm going to set (laughs) things straight again. I'm going to come in and get all bossy, and I'm going to bring my friend along to help me out because these people are going to get gassed on, and then they're going to get their buffs whooped. (laughs) (laughs) So definitely Cobra Commander. Very good. I'm going to hand it back to Jarrett for his segment called Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here, the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. In this segment, I will give you something or someone featured in this issue, give you a brief toy history on it. And for this issue, I have selected none other than Storm Shadow. His file name on his original file card was a secret, but we learn later on that his name is Tommy Arashikagi. For his grade, I just gave him Ninja. He doesn't really have a military rank. Well, he did when he served in Vietnam. But these days, Ninja. His birthplace, which was originally classified on his original file card, is discovered to be Fresno, California. His primary specialty is Assassin. His secondary specialty is Intelligence. Here's a figure description as if you didn't know. He has a white ninja outfit with a red cobra emblem on the left side of his chest with a black sash and belt. His accessories included a backpack that actually opened up, which was dope. A katana. A wakazashi. You get that right? Wakazashi? Sure. Yeah, Kevin will buy it. <laughs> and nunchucks. A little bit of your figure history. He was released carded in Series 3 in 1984, and I bought him at KB Toy Stores, by the way. And he was discontinued in 1987. He was a very popular character. As of this recording, there are 50, that is five zero versions of the Storm Shadow figure. 51 if you count the Tommy from Vietnam version. He is only outpaced by Snake Eyes and Cobra Commander, making him the third most popular figure in the franchise. And we're about to hand it back to Pat for a little bit of the combat comms, but Kevin had a bit of additional information he wanted to add at this time. I'm looking at the original issue comic here in front of me. I forgot about this, and I just opened up to an advertisement panel that totally brought back some hidden memories from a very long time ago. I do remember getting this. I remember the first issue. I remember it uh, happening right there on you know, 9-11. Mm-hmm. This issue, obviously, was in 2002. And there was an ad in here that kind of changed my life a little bit and opened me up to other things. And on page 15, I believe it is, is an advertisement for the G.I. Joe convention on June 20th through 30th held in Norfolk, Virginia, which is where I was working and living. Mm. And that was my first G.I. Joe con that I ever went to. I remember nice. meeting Blaylock there briefly. I think he signed something for me. I have it somewhere. I can't remember where it is now, but he did sign like a, I think a convention exclusive comic. And then also they had an exclusive Crimson Strike Team figure set that was limited to 500 sets. And I remember I never, I didn't get it because it was a little bit out of my price range at the time, but it was my first time going to a GI Joe convention and seeing the division between the three and three quarter collectors and the 12 inch collector, <laughs> 12 inch collectors. <laughs> bah! 
but I, I went for one day. I had a great time. And uh, I think the second one I went to was in Atlanta, probably about 12 years ago or something like that. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. So you hopped off with like 22 year old Josh Blaylock because he was yeah. very young. <laughs> yeah, very he was young. young. I was like, boy, yeah. dude, you're young, dude. <laughs> you're, you're younger than me. And you're like head of this comic book. What is up? <laughs> Great insight. I appreciate that. Those Crimson uh, Strike Force team would have been, that would have been cool figures to have too. Yeah, they had a a complete set set up and you can see it and they had all of them in action poses and everything with the the Crimson Hiss tank and Baroness. It was really, really cool. I don't know how much those go for now, but I wish I would have gotten one at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. As a big figure collector, I I don't think I could have not got it. Yeah, those were sold some plasma. (laughs) Let me ask you, going back to the figure, Jared, do you have a Tommy? Yes. You do? Yes. Cool. Man, that'd be kind of cool to have. I do have a Tommy. I think he came in like a Vietnam era three pack with Booney Cap, Snake Eyes. Okay. Tommy. Did he have the similar weapons he did in that one issue of G.I. Joe from the Marvel series? From the the Vietnam flashback? Yeah. I do believe so, yeah. I think it's all based off that issue. All based off of that issue. Very cool. Stalker might be the third figure that came in it. I can't remember, but I did buy it. I do have it. Very happy to have Tommy. I treasure him, and I was so happy. You're going to like this, Kevin. I know we're off topic, but whatever. I was so happy when they finally released a Quinn, Mm -hmm. and I was able to put him in my collection as well. Yeah, that's. I've missed out on the Quinn. And I have not picked one up and I did not know about that Tommy figure. That's very cool. What year was that? At the top of my head, it was around the 25th anniversary release. Okay. So that would have been what, uh, 2007 yeah. ish. Okay. That's why I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was around 2007 gotcha. when they came out. That's I so ordered cool. it at Walmart. It was just, I was picking mm. them up at Walmart at the time. If you had a choice, I'm, I'm totally off subject here, but if you had a choice between the, the Quinn, was it the Quinn in the Eskimo mm-hmm. or yes. was it Quinn in the shorts? Probably the Eskimo, of course. I, but, you know, they were both good, I guess. Yeah. But you know, just him in the shorts with the machine gun. Bump, yeah. Maybe that one. That's the, the iconic image yeah. that you would saw, especially in that comic run from issue 10 through 20 or whatever it was. You saw him in that outfit. So I, I, I got to have the Eskimo. And you know why, Pat? Yeah. What's what's Weasel around his neck? Weasel skull necklace. Yeah. Weasel skulls. Yeah, it's my brother. <laughs> both are good. I'm just asking. I, I would want both, of course. All right. Well, uh, with that talk out of the way, next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. As always, we'll start off Combat Comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined us on our Crusaders Club. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com, early access to special Longbox Crusade episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So, these are the folks that have been reaping the benefits and giving some much-appreciated support to the show. Jerry Green. I, the Collector. Joe Thomas. Angelica Wolf. Bill from the Bat Pod. Blast it or stash it. Braxton Underwood. Reggie Hancock. Ronald Went. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Ryan Daly. He likes to do long lists. Bob Busta Busta. <laughs> David Collins, crazy old man driving a Bat Bat Battle Wagon. Gene Hendricks. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Pollo. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Paul Heeks. Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents. Ross Michaud. Tim Price. Toronto Cop. And a one-time donor, Bradford Williams. 
If we miss anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding your name soon. But still, no worries. Let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com and we will get it straightened out soon. So you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? How do I become a Crusaders Club member, Pat? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. It's simple. Just head on over to patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Now let's see what messages from our platoon of loyal listeners we have waiting for us on Breakers Comsat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. I'm going to take our first comment here from Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack, which I believe is Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. He said the only male-in character, because we discussed a little bit about male-ins on the last episode, he said the only male-in character he has was the Fridge, and I still have that figure, and that's a sweet figure to have, man. The Fridge mail away. I don't even <laughs> know if he's in my collection. I can't remember if he is or not. I think he is, but I, I'm not positive. That's awesome. I'll pick one from the abominable Abel Pazilla. And he says, man, did I read Ryan Daly's codename wrong? I read it as codename Butterballs. I didn't quite know how to take that until I reread it correctly. <laughs> I think Butterballs is fun. Yeah, I think so too. I'm going to grab another comment from a new listener who goes by Another World. First, he asks if it's too late to enter the raffle. Hashtag Joe reinstated. We'll get to that in a second. And he says, I just found the podcast. I'm loving it. I binged all five episodes in one day. I'm a huge G.I. Joe fan, and I loved episode four with Josh Blaylock. Can't wait for more, and I hope I won the raffle. I guess we'll have to find out in a minute. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show, Another World. We're happy to have you. Yes, thanks for joining. And I'll do one from GLHG, longtime listener, longtime supporter. Thank you, GL. And he says, and the trophy goes to, I don't know how to say it, but thanks, Christatos, for my new nickname, the Academy of Stupidity. (laughs) 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 And with the laughy crying face, I know you didn't mean it like that, but it made me laugh hard. So I'm glad I could make you laugh. That's awesome. Hashtag Joe reinstated. Hashtag battle balls. Hashtag Jared's right. It's a 10. Right as it's a 10. Then he asked a question. Then he asked a question. Are we getting Joe nicknames? Hmm. I hope he doesn't get stuck with Academy of Stupidity. That's all. <laughs> he deserves better. <laughs> I don't well, even know if I, 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 I can't even remember. What was it. I know. I remember reading the comment and I was like, what was said? And I listened to the episode and I went, oh, okay. Because you thanked him for the trophy. He said, I want to thank the Academy. It might oh, be an Academy yeah. of Stupidity, but. Oh, uh, yes. That was <laughs> I say a lot of stupid things. So I'm, I'm right there in the part of the Academy. I'm not only a member, I'm the president. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I think we should get to the hashtag Joe reinstated winner of our raffle who's going to win the trade paperback of the first story arc that we have all set up and ready to send and we're going to go ahead and run that randomizer and who's the big winner pat and the big winner of the prize package is another world at greenwood tales oh man our new guy yes congratulations Congratulations, buddy. Congratulations. I hope you read it with great, great pride. And that's going to bring us to Mission Complete status on this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Cristato, I still haven't fixed the spelling error in the script. I'll read it as scripted. DJ Cristato's 
Where can they find that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find us on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers. Or you can find Longbox Crusade at www.longboxcrusade.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. Excellent. If you'd like to chat with us online, we can be found at Pat. Where are you found online? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find me at Christatos01. Jared, where can they find you? I'm at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Kevin, where can they find you and some of your amazing podcasts that you have available? Well, I'm the co-founder of the Fandom Podcast Network, and we got a slew of awesome shows over there. And I host several of them, like the Bloody Kings Highlander podcast, the uh, Hair Metal podcast. But we got a bunch of other great shows for Star Trek fans. Doctor Who, and several others. Check us out at the Fandom Podcast Network. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Spartan underscore Phoenix. Where can we find uh, your G.I. Joe stuff, your cosplay stuff? Uh, You can obviously check me out on Facebook, but also I highly recommend that you go to the finest official Facebook page. Uh, There's a bunch of great pictures always put up there, and uh, I tend to drop in there from time to time. So make sure you check that out. I finally got to meet some of those guys at Dragon Con last year. I, I'd probably seen them in previous Dragon Cons, but hadn't honed in until I became friends with Kevin because I'm like, oh, there's the finest group over there. And and man, there was some some excellent, excellent costumes. Yeah, we uh, Dragon Con's a big deal for the finest. They have their uh, casual Thursday night meetups at the uh, the Hyatt. Of course, they always participate in the parade. Then they have a uh, invite-only pool party at the Sheridan after the parade every year. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> That's where the torpedo costume comes in exactly <laughs> the flipper's always <laughs> flipper's out the, the flipper's our rocket oh, come a knocking eels good times right there <laughs> all right well if you want to interact with us via live chat be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles join us for our next episode of doing it live stream over on youtube our youtube channel's hopping lately because i've been doing a lot of drawing there mm-hmm. you can watch episodes of death probe draws on our youtube channel or definitely check us out monthly to where you can interact with us over there we do those live streams for interaction on the second sunday of every month and we start at 3 30 p.m central time you can get signed up for that by looking up long box crusade on youtube please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you get notifications for when we go live and i'm telling you i've been going live a lot lately yeah uh, it's fun the, fun the art channel so if you like to watch people draw stuff people being me and occasionally friends of the show like john Beatty, mark hatherley and folks like that tune in and check it out Again, that's Long Box Crusade on YouTube. We'd love a subscription from you. And finally, thanks for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. We'll see you on the battlefield for next episode where we cover issue number seven. Until then, platoon, fall out. Yo, 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 yo. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at Joseflin99. That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. For this, for this, I'm drunk. I'm, I'm Sean Connery. For this, Shepa Show. <laughs> Try that again. On Breakers Comstat. Did it again. <laughs> on Breakers Comstat. Very good. Those are my favorite outtakes, by the way. It was you, Comstat. Comstat. Don't touch just... my Comstat. <laughs> <laughs>
the devil do. Ah, you got me. Pat. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Got me. <laughs>